And just because you have a thought in your head doesn't mean that you have to tell everybody about it. Right? Not everyone cares. So you're, A lot you're, of people don't care. A lot. I can guarantee fucking billions don't. It's like your opinion is still valid even when you haven't voiced it. I'm Davina and I'm Ricky and welcome to Fierce Slay Talk, a decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond, whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? Another week, another queen has left the workroom and I'm really sad, that, but I'm kind of happy as well because I'm getting to talk to her right now. <laughs> she's not named once, she's named twice, just like New York, New York. So good, they <laughs> named it twice. It's Sister Sister! It's Cuss Cuss, the queen. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Gorge, how are you? I'm really good. How are you doing? All the better for, to be looking at your absolutely stunning face right now. Did you have a merry night last night? What gave it away? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I thought you were going to try for some other story for what you were up to last night without knowing that we already knew oh, right. you were celebrating. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm a masochist, so I just threw myself into oncoming traffic and I sound rough as hell. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Those, <laughs> wonderful. those car fumes. But Love listen, it, it's opened up a whole new uh, possibility for work. You could totally be on those sex hotlines right now. I would get off to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally into it. Oh, get off to me. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I, <laughs> I'm loving this. I am loving, loving, <laughs> loving it. Oh, so has it been a crazy week or you've you've kind of taken it in your stride this week? Um, you know, it's been it's been a whirlwind since the Meet the Queens came out. The whole thing has just been non-stop hurtling towards what I knew would be my inevitable death, which is when RuPaul kills you and then kicks you off the show. Yeah. Well, as I used to say to Ginny Lemon, into the meat grinder after the um, after someone had been eliminated. There's another one into the meat grinder. Um, yeah, it's been it's just been like pure and utter like lovable chaos, I think. And I'm someone who. Um, because I come from a troubled past, I tend to lean into the negative so much. And it's like, yeah, a lot has happened, but my God, you're still going and like, try and see it in a, try and try and see it all in a filter, in a, in a, in a really like, you know, gorgeous rose, rose tinted filter. And I think, cause I'm still coming off, I'm still coming off that peak of the roller coaster at the minute. So I'm like taking a deep breath and going, holy shit, that, that thing literally just happened. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a lot, absolutely. right? <laughs> it's I, a lot. I want to ask about your name. <clears throat> I want to ask about where it comes from. Because we got, you know, we had Chi Chi's Vane, Fifi O'Hara, Manchester had its very own Fufu Lamar. Mm. Like a double name is a is a kind of thing for drag queens. Yeah. Um, but most people have like a double name at the beginning and then another name as well. But you just decided, no, I'm going to be like Madonna. <laughs> But Madonna, Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Cher, but Cher, Cher. 
um, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's funny. I, when I first started drag, I tested out so many names and some of them were just like, you know, shit. Like looking back on it, I, you know, I was called Killer Whale for about two weeks. I mean, oh my God. Do you have any other examples? I care not to go into them now because- <laughs> Oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, so for a while I, I was just called Sister and then my comedy partner, Joy Less was like, why don't you do, like, it's just a bit cheekier and kind of rolls off the tongue. It's like, and you can hear RuPaul saying it, Sister, Sister. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. love this. Um, so yeah, I took the rights to the idea and was like, brilliant. I'll, um, let, let's run with that. See, I was wondering whether it had come from the TV show. Sister, sister. I mean, oh, yes. it's kind of like, it's all part and parcel, isn't it? It's, I think if it's a name or the title of something that people recognize, then they just like apply like a new association with mm. it. But what's really funny is Tia Coffee is literally named Tia of Tia and Tamara from Sister, Sister. Yeah. So there's two solid oh, Sister, right. Sister references just on season two of Drag Race UK. As they fucking should be. They As they fucking be should be. Solid sister sister references. <laughs> Only two? There should have been thousands. <laughs> oh, amazing. So, what was your. Because um, I can't wait for this because I know it's going to be good. What was your cover up story uh, for going into Drag Race? What were you telling people when they were saying, What are you up to? Where oh my are God, you? such a good question. I was in. Um, oh, where did I go? I was in Croatia. Oh, okay. I've never expressed an interest to go there, ever. So when everyone was like, where are you? Oh, I'm going to Croatia, obviously. Like, I've been dying to go for years. I, t- I talk about it all the time. What's wrong with My you? secret love for Croatia. Oh, okay. My secret love are for Are you a Croatia. Thrones fan? Um, our yeah. problematic TV show fave. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, so you can liken the, the Croatia thing to Thrones, to Thrones <clears> then, if you were going to do that. <clears throat> there you go. Did it live up to your expectations then, Drag Race? What did you sort of, you know, the idea that you had in your head? We'd seen one UK season, obviously, um, but did it did it meet everything you thought it was going to be? Thanks, thanks to our sisters for laying laying the gauntlet the first time round. My God, yeah. So it kind of it does like set a precedent kind of thing, and then um, I just don't think you can ever be prepared. There's no rule book. There's there's no guides to turning up day one and then going right start filming then you can build yourself up so much and get and rally around and go like okay i need these pep talks i need everyone to believe in me because i believe in me and then you get there and the whole thing can like shoot to shit just like that and i think watching episodes one to four i was like it's like i'd risen out of my body and was watching myself going baby girl you need so much help like are you okay someone hug her she needs it <laughs> yeah I, like um. i had exactly the same experience watching myself back i look completely mental <laughs> because i am because you are i am actually having a mental breakdown the way i'm looking television. at you right now <laughs> no no um <laughs> it's <laughs> It's, um, no, it, it's just, it, you are like left out in the open in the wilderness, but there's camera people to record your every move. There's no, th- there's no training for it. And that's what makes good TV and also installs poor mental health. No, 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 I just. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I say this to everybody. There is help after the show. 
go and there get is. it. There is. Like, everybody everybody needs therapy. My God. If you're being offered it for free and it's oh. accessible right now, snatch that fucking hand off. Speaking of, I just need to call my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back in an hour. I'll be back in an hour. I'll be back in a day, right? <laughs> but, I mean, that's, you know, that is one of the things that uh, I think primarily because it's the BBC they do you know genuinely take it seriously and oh you do say guys I need some help they are there and they will they will uh, yeah they will give you that support that you 100% 100% and um it's kind of like you know you know that that's like um an underlying feature so to speak so yeah, the phone, even if you're on set, that phone is constantly being thrust into your head. You're constantly being offered, do you need to speak to so-and-so? What can we get you? Like, how can, how can we accommodate your shaky, at best, mental health? Yeah, because, uh, uh, you know, it's a difficult situation and some of the girls were... Um, vicious is what I'm going to say. So how, how, you know, talking about this, how did you deal with that? Um... It's it's funny because watching it back, a lot of the kind of the the cutthroat comments I find were said in confessionals. So I'm watching it back with a drink in hand, going, "What a cunt!" <laughs> um, and then at the time, you just sort of like, "Hey boo, how are you?" Uh, it's it, it's kind of like it, it's two different it's the 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 two two different sides of the coin of filming Drag Race. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, it definitely. I think it maybe has an uh, an effect on <laughs> your opinion of people. Oh, god, yeah, yeah. I've <clears throat> there's a there's a couple of the queens that, and the thing is, everyone in the, everyone on my season is like really sensitive, like really lovely, sensitive people. You know, um, I would just hate to think that I've installed some sort of like, like reason for them to callous over a little bit, you know, just like with with some odd comment. Cause the thing is, I hate to break it to everyone listening, but it's TV and a lot of it is hammed up for, for TV. And also something that you can think in a split second of filming would never ever translate to the real world because you'd never be in that situation with that person in the real world. Do you know what I mean? But again, it all just links back to, it's just good TV. I, I, I just want my queens to know that I hate you all. You're all awful. No, just that you're all <laughs> like, they're all so, so talented. And it, it, again, it's one of those things that you have to remind yourself, like we whittle down from thousands, thousands to be 12 personalities in that, in that room at that time. Um, and, you know, pat on the back to all of us. And so having said that everybody's, you know, a really gentle, lovely soul underneath all of that. You read them to filth and Hate won them. the reading yeah. challenge, didn't and it, you? And it was so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so um, a horror didn't look particularly <clears throat> happy that you'd won the reading challenge. And you definitely got quite a bit of stick from a horror. What's talk to me about this? Talk to me. Tell me. What's that? What is that? Um, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. I think um, I think me and horror are on the same wavelength in that we sort of we we get each other right. Do you know that? Do you know that phrase? Familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. Me and all my trolls at the minute. I um I think I think that I I, I certainly know how to um 
tick someone like Ahura off and vice vice versa. Mm-hmm. It's just called um, understanding. And to be honest, I, I, I keep saying this now because I was shocked and I think it's an accent thing, but Ahura is smart. She is a smart girl. She's very clued up and she's got wisdom. The way she talks about things, the way she offers advice is just very, very savvy. Like, like finger on the pulse, you know? Yeah. Yeah, she's <clears throat> she calls everything a spade, though, doesn't she? It's you know, there's no. It's very rarely couched in uh, kind, comfortable, gentle language. It's like I think what you need to do is step your pussy up because it's boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I, I kind of appreciate that. I, I maybe sometimes it can get lost in translation when you're doing it on like the internet or something, or, or you're tweeting something. But I think the the people that know me. Um, in real life know that I hate frills just give me that slap bang opinion or piece of advice or, or whatever just dish it out yeah yeah so there, there was quite a lot said about copying and then last night she's got this blue face I saw what is, that what what? And then nothing earth? is said about this. Where what in is the going world common San Diego? I know, I spotted that as well. Um, I've got to give snaps to the, the story producers for not including the, the section in Untucked where I kind of went, yeah, well, you know what? I fucking recognize your makeup, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of, and like Ahura um, gave me full credit. She she literally sat back, she didn't flinch, and she went, then fine, I'll give you full credit for that. Um, which was really nice. But I I like that it was it was delivered in a way that um Ahura right the way through was gunning for me in this plagiarism storyline, just non-non-stop. And I'm like, bitch, leave me alone. And then I knew it was coming up. I knew that this little thing was coming up, so I'm so glad that they included it. But yeah, they didn't they didn't say anything, and then kind of they've just let the audience recognize it themselves. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we you know, see you. <laughs> I see you. But also, um, you know, I take a massive compliment from that as well. Of course I do. Look at her. She's stunning the bitch. Of course I take a huge compliment from that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But definitely. But hey. I love the bit of last night's runway hanging on the wall there behind you as well. We can see the bit of the uh See the red, bit of your garden red, there. Roses. Beautiful. My rosebud. Are you saying you can see my rosebud? <laughs> Listen, after this, I'll show you mine. Oh, stay on the line. About twice the size of that one. <laughs> Good girl. Give me tips. <laughs> now, you're the, first, you're the first Drag Race contestant ever to lip sync alone <clears throat> on the stage. God, uh, I know. Like... How, what was that like in the moment? And then when did you realise that Ginny had gone? It's it, it's again. It's become one of those little trophies that I'll I like um, I'll carry with me forever now and go. Oh my god! I literally fucking did that. Good for me. Um, but going back into the moment, so I was ready for a fight. I remember just sort of giving some like Mortal Kombat style. Okay, let's wait for the music to start, <clears throat> and then it started, and I'm completely in my own head. As, as you are when you're lip syncing. Yeah. Um, and, and even before and after that, because I'm self-involved. So I'm doing my thing. And um, I hear someone shout, yes, sister. And I kind of like incorporate into the move where I turn around and I look and I realize that she's not there. Um, but 
Ginny being Ginny, I'm like, she's just, she's doing the worm somewhere. Out of <laughs> out of shot, she's ginnying it up. Um, and then it kind of like, you know, one thing led to another. And I was like, no, she's definitely not here. And I could see the looks on all the judges' faces. And Rue was kind of just grinning. But Michelle was sort of like looking around going, what? Like, what just happened? And I was like, no shit, it's me. For me, it wasn't... because. I've talked about this with other people as well. And I said like, okay, hypothetically, given this scenario, what do you think you'd do? Oh, you carry the fuck on. Right? That's A not... lot of people said, oh, well, it'd be like, cool. No way. Right? Because then you it's fucking a double, wouldn't. It's a double elimination straight away. <laughs> that to me is pure laziness. Like, no, you, you, you double down and you fucking drop it like it's hot. Like... All eyes on you. That is a moment of pressure. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But obviously it must have been like an incredibly sad day for you seeing Ginny go. You mentioned the first four episodes and you also mentioned how overwhelming the drag, ra- drag race experience is. Like how valuable was her support for those first um, few weeks that you were there together? Um, oh, it really was like losing um, a, a stinky, annoying um, <laughs> limb. <laughs> no i just it, it it was sad it was sad to obviously straight after that episode we broke off um for seven months for covid anyway but it there was there was like there was a little hole in my heart going back to film knowing ah oh, she's not i mean like me little, little pal's not gonna be there i can't just like go and you know harass someone in the corner of the workroom the same way that i could i could with her and I, I, um the thing that i miss most about her as well she had the, you know, those rubber fish shoes. It's literally like a cod and you just put your foot in the mouth and that's the shoe. <laughs> I just have memories of just like those in her little corner. And I was like, it was like Nana had died. I was like, oh, little Nana fish shoes is gone. Oh. Yeah, she is hilarious. We do miss seeing her. Oh, bless her. Definitely. So who, who do you think, who else do you think you've made sort of <clears throat> lifelong connections with? Someone that you've remained friends with after the competition? Is no over? one. They're all awful. I think um, <laughs> I've, I've definitely, me, Tia Coffee's installed something in me as well. I think she just makes me strive to want to be a better person every single day. She's the epitome of resilience for me. Like she stood there and she took a beating week after week in some way, shape or form. And she didn't yeah. drop her like sense of humor and everything that makes Tia Tia the once um, an icon, and I will forever stand. Um, got super close with Joe Black as well, just for being the absolute living legend that Joe is. Um, Cherry is one of the sweetest, most genuinely sweetest pe- uh, people that I've ever met. Um, the same goes for Astina as well. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's just a bunch of just lovely, 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 sweet personalities. And I wish I could say something yeah. truly hateful about all of them, but <laughs> I think the rose tinted glasses are coming in now. I'm like, oh, I miss my time on Drag Race. Yeah. I give you six months. Yeah, less than that. <laughs> less than that. And you had some nice moments with Lawrence um, last night as well. Lawrence did an impression of you, Davina. Yeah. Did you see this? What do you think yeah. of that? I mean. <laughs> Accurate. I didn't have to lip sync. Sorry about it. Oh, it was funny. It was funny. Uh, well, you know, it was exactly, exactly right. And that is what you want, really, in your your drag race yeah. journey to not have to lip sync. There you go. There you go. Um, 
That's it. You've you've got to be part of the only season that had a break, and then the seven months in between. Mm. So how did you use that time? Like, did you just go back to work, or you know, what was it that you did with that time? It's so crazy because we went from um, literally we finished so that solo lip sync Thursday night. I was in a car on the way back to Liverpool Friday morning, and then had uh, the weekend off for drinks and stuff. Although everything shut down that weekend, that was the week down. That was the weekend that we went into lockdown. Monday morning, um, I called my manager from my old office job and was like, "Stick me back on that payroll, baby girl. I am back. Um, I am back to do a terrible job and for you to pick up the pieces along the way after me." <laughs> and he was like, "Fucking hell, okay." So I, I went straight back into it. Like, um, growing up working class and fairly poor my biggest worries are always money related because mm. it's comfortability can i keep a roof over my head x y and z um so that was a non-issue for me which i am forever grateful for because i think i would have been a huge crumbling mess i don't know how how i would have handled it um but kind of i talked about it afterwards um after we filmed the lockdown thing because i saw that all the queens were really going through it with like they were they had london rent to think about yeah. they literally weren't working <clears throat> i kind of took a step back and was like this lockdown special is for them when um my mental health was suffering so much and i was like i'll keep stum because it's not my time to talk about it um and i wish i would have been honest at the time as well cuz why the fuck not it's what unites us you know talking about struggles being depressed it's what unites us <laughs> um so yeah I, I and like you know I, I tried to make the most of lockdown but like it, it was you know the black lives matter uh, movement really took off and we were all in lockdown together and it was like looking back on last year fucking hell the world was on fire it was shit it was so yeah. so shit the only thing that we had as like a source of hope was we will go back filming at some point. Um, and, you know, I, I like I, I hired um, my um, my designer um, my outfit designer to sort of like work with me along the way. And it was like every month's paycheck funneled straight back into drag, funneled straight back into mm. drag. Just keep keep this thing sort of like going. And some of it got funneled straight into my face as well. <laughs> Just a few pricks to the mouth. <laughs> oh, excellent. One of my favourite um, parts of the show is always the Snatch Game. Uh, you did Sally Morgan on the Snatch Game, and she loved it, apparently. Well she done. Did, thank you. So that was good. Um, so have you <clears throat> two had the chance to chat after this? And what has she said oh, to you? We are non-stop talking all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we, we, we've caught up a little bit um, since that episode came out. Do you know what? She is such a camp cow. She was amazing to work with. I basically, um, <laughs> me and my comedy partner um, wrote a script, sent it over to her team. And we were like, you know, any, anything that you're not incredibly comfortable with, just redact it or put in your own line. You know, you can ad lib as much as you want. She hit every point and then gave me a death drop at the end. I was like, you're a queen. You are... Like you fully get it, you absolute star, and um, yeah, and we got close. Even she sort of like lends um, lended me her um, team and services uh, services when um, the whole trolling thing happened last week. She's been she's literally been there like checking in and checking wow. up. Yeah, 
so honestly lifelong friend now um, yeah she's been brilliant that's great that is amazing <coughs> to hear that is great and yeah, you really know good. if you want to talk to anybody who's not here anymore fucking brilliant sal absolutely yeah did she pre- <laughs> did she predict your exit though <laughs> If she did, she kept it quiet. She kept it very quiet. She, they're not allowed to tell you anything that might upset you. No, exactly, exactly. Anything that might damage you, they're not allowed to tell yeah. you. Oh, I'm too far gone, hon. I am damaged. Now, who are your influences in in British comedy? So you talked a little bit then about uh, you've got a writing partner, so somebody that you work with writing comedy and stuff like that. Um, who are your influences um, I know that there's a lot of women who are your influencers, but you know who are, who are the people who really do it for you? The main ones that literally tick every single box of mine is French and Saunders. Their early box set is um, like unsurpassed for me. What I really love about it is um, it's two women at the forefront when no one else was doing that, and they were just so bloody jovial and tongue in cheek and absurdist and willing to mock themselves, which is British humour. That's literally it. Um, but yeah, the absurdity of it is fantastic. And I just love how frequent they were putting comedy out as well. They were just like working. There's there's a really fun story um, of when they um, were at uni together, when they studied together. Um, they were walking to campus one morning and they found a trolley. And this story is, is told by somebody else as well who went to uni with them. And Dawn got in the trolley and Jennifer just pushed her to uni. I'm like, women after my own heart. Like <laughs> the, the other thing with French and Saunders is like, because in the first lockdown, that's what I did. I went back to French and Saunders. I went back to Smack the Pony. I went back to Little Britain and League of Gentlemen and all yeah. of that stuff. And out of all of them, um, n- not Smack the Pony so much, uh, but French and Saunders, compared to some of the others, has really stood the test of time yeah. because it's not, there's no punching down. You know, it's punching yeah. with rather than, yeah. you know, there's no meanness in there. There's no meanness of spirit. It's actually yeah. just really funny situational obser- <laughs> yeah. observational comedy. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like, that's a really good way to describe it. I think it's kind of like director's commentary at the beginning, but then they literally started doing director's commentary <laughs> when they started yeah. referencing like films and stuff. Yeah. Um, I watched the Exorcist um, spoof a couple of nights ago. Oh. And even, <laughs> it's just so silly. Like when they're trying, the, the final scene, when they're trying to get the final scene, and then um, Jennifer Saunders turns around as the priest and goes, but now it's on me. Oh. And it's just like not funny, but you're still pissing yourself laughing. <laughs> After she's jumped out the window, it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, oh. absolute babes. They, they are, are fantastic. So I guess you must have been a bit disappointed then that obviously Jennifer Saunders is going to be as a judge um, on the competition. Dawn French. And yes, I can't. Uh, Dawn French, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I can't talk about it still. It's re- really upsetting. No, yeah, of course. It's really, yeah. really upsetting. She did tweet me, though. Um, oh, fantastic. Just nonsensical. I think it was like, uh, maybe like a cow emoji. And I was like, yes, Dawn, yes, I agree. Of course, cow emoji. Ah, what a cow. We've made what, what a cow. cow. <laughs> what a camp cow, yeah. We've yeah. made contact. <laughs> so we've touched on comedy. And uh, not only are you 
venturing into the comedy realms. You're also venturing into the journalism realms. You are <laughs> you you're becoming a. This was not what I was expecting from the Drag Race franchise, but I'm glad to see it. A Guardian article, an actual article in The Guardian, written by yourself, talking about um, what can sometimes be the toxic fandom of Drag Race. Um, So tell me about, like, how did this come about? So it all began... um, (laughs) I noticed it. It was not last night's episode, so last week's episode, which is episode six, when I'd started posting on, as you do as the runways go along and you, you post on social media, you post your look and stuff. I was about to turn to Twitter and I received a few messages saying, have you been on Twitter yet? And I'm thinking people are just pushing me to go, oh, because you're lacking over there and you need, to, you need to do something. And then um, a good friend reached out and said, if you haven't been on Twitter yet, don't. Do you know when you, like, it's just such a horrid feeling. It feels like there's an angry mob outside your house. And I was sat there going, I didn't think it was, I didn't think I've, I feel like I've not done anything to warrant whatever is being said. Um, <clears throat> so that was when um, Psychic Sally reached out and said she knew she fucking she could knew. feel it she fucking knew um and she was like i'm gonna put you in contact with someone so she put me in contact with um somebody who is literally now a blessed angel in my life and has um just come to help me with absolutely everything and said listen you've got two options <laughs> very direct listen you fucker you've got two options <laughs> <laughs> you can either um go quiet and wallow in it and lap up everything and hate yourself. Or you can turn this on, on on its head. Do you write? I was like, I'm a writer. And he was like, do what you need to do. Um, so, you know, I, I put a statement out on the Sunday, which was, guys, this is a lot. It's an overwhelming amount. And I'm someone who can take it, right? God, I can take it so good. <laughs> um, but it's when it's a clear boundary for me when it's not fun or funny or even remotely jovial. This is when it's a group of white gays who have consistently, week after week, been gunning for me to do well. Sorry, to do bad. <laughs> and even when I don't do bad, they will conjure some sort of narrative and nitpick and go, uh, uh, uh. Familiarity breeds contempt. I do have some um, wise sayings that get me through stuff. So like, even though it was really difficult to read these literal thousands of tweets, um, there's a part of me that sort of knew, right, they don't, they don't know me. Okay. And this is the advice that I give to anyone else who's going through it. They don't know you. They've never met you. They literally have nothing to do with you. They've made their mind up from seeing you on a TV show. And it's not even you. They're seeing sister, sister. two very separate things and you really that's that's really important when you get in the public eye as well there's that and then there's that yeah so um yeah i put the statement out just as like it to issue a warning guys there's something going on here and i'm really not okay and i'm feeling it um and then just sort of let that resonate and then the next day the guardian article came out and um oh god the response from it was just so good way better than i imagined i thought 
a couple of retweets and everyone would go, okay, cool. Um, but everyone, everyone was just like, yeah. And it makes you feel like, um, I wrote on Twitter saying like every message and every retweet and everyone who's talking about it, it's like a brick uh, in a wall of solidarity right now. Do you know what's really sad as well? I think, um, and it's kind of in the same way that when we were saying you look back on yourself when you film and you're like, oh, I want to give that person a hug. There was a, there was a time, there was a moment when I was reading those things thinking, I deserve this, of course. Isn't that, and that, that's not, no one, no one should be thinking like that. Um, so yeah, but that's the negative side to it anyway. I think... And I've noticed a shift kind of in like the temperature of the water. Um, and I think I've also seen, I'm not going to name names because that's tacky, but I've seen a lot of backpedaling from the people who I noticed week in, week out, who were really, really gunning for me. Um, so fucking good. It, it, it's done its job. People are talking about it. It's done its job. Yeah. Or it's doing its job. I, I also don't think that there is a quick fix. There's no, no. there's no, um, it's because people don't understand the problem, therefore they don't think that it's to be solved. Um, what it deals with is like boundaries and kind of, um, uh, you know, morals and um, politeness. Everyone thinks differently and everyone's got these different standards. I, unfortunately, the people who are projecting it all and sending out the tweets and writing the messages will probably never experience fame themselves. So... They that they, they are just like damned to never understand it. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Do what I mean? What do you think the motivation is behind it, sort of in general and in this situation, particularly for Drag Race? Um, what do you what do you think? What what do you think, Davina? Have, having been on the show, yeah, I there's this weird thing about Drag Race that I think because it's a minority already, so you know this is. Let's not kid ourselves. It's a slightly niche TV show. Um, mm. It's massive platform for a, an LGBTQ plus person, but it's still, in terms of the wider population, like it is a bit of a niche yeah. market. Um, and so I think people really invest into that because of that. You know, because it's you know it's like B movies. People who like yeah. B movies are like. I am so invested in this B-movie. And so I'm going to say everything that I can possibly say about this B-movie because it is just the most amazing thing in my life. So for a lot of people, it feels like that. So because they're so invested, they're not able to just step back for a second and go, wait, okay, separate the TV show from the human beings. Because, right. you know... The, from five minutes on TV, you're not going to know people. You're just not. That's, yeah, of course. That's what somebody said at that very particular moment in time, in that very, very particular circumstance, with a shit ton of pressure on top of them and other people calling them fucking shit and this and that. And, and so people say stuff that ordinarily you wouldn't say. And I think judging people in a wider context from that is, is really just nonsensical it doesn't make any sense to me it really doesn't yeah yeah i mean that was a really polite way of saying everyone's a twat um <laughs> which is everyone is a wanker is like my everyone's monica for life that's yeah. it everyone's a wanker um yeah yeah massively and you know i i don't i really don't want to um <laughs> i don't 
I don't want to talk down to people by saying, think about the words you've just written out because it should be a given. Unfortunately, it's not. And even having to tell someone the message that you're about to send someone, you're sending the message to them, you know? They're gonna get it. They're gonna see it. Are you sure this is the contact that you wanna have with them? I think there's also, like, particularly with Twitter, you know, when it becomes a thread, people don't, or I think, this is me being generous, I don't think people always realize that you don't have to send a reply to everybody in that message you know so just because they were in it at the beginning doesn't mean you need to keep like continue keeping them in that conversation you just click on the names and you go oh i'll take them out then they're not gonna see this because yeah. they won't get the fucking notification yeah. wow that's yeah. a bit i know that's a bit groundbreaking groundbreaking I mean, <laughs> and just because you have a thought in your head doesn't mean that you have to tell everybody about it Right? You have to say not everyone cares. Yeah. So you're, a lot you're, of people don't care. A lot. I can guarantee fucking billions don't. It's like <laughs> your opinion is still valid even when you haven't voiced it. Yeah. You know, it's you can you can you can it, sit yeah. there and think, my God, they're ugly. And not say it, and it still <laughs> means it in your head. Oh my god. It's just a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do you how do you both think that um, fans can be more supportive? Fans of the show can be more supportive when it comes to things like trolling of the contestants. Stop trolling! Stop! It. <laughs> Try not Just doing stop. that. Um, I, 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 you know, it's like if you're if you're not vibing with one of the queens, or you're watching any kind of TV show, and you're not vibing with someone reach out to the one that you vibe with, reach out to them and go, your boss, here's why, right? Put some effort into doing that instead. You don't have to immediately go for the one that pisses you off and tell them you look like shit. The chances are they probably think they, you know, there's a horrible voice in the back of their head telling them every day that they look like shit anyway. They don't need you to like, you know, confirm it. Um, it's just, it, it's trying to get through to people. And it's so interesting what you said about the thread thing as well, because I think people, it, it's like, um, it's like mob um, uh, sensibility. People just get on mob mentality and then people get involved and they keep going. And it's like, yeah, let's all drag on this one person. Um, and it becomes like the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth degree of separation from them because they, they literally just don't think, it's like, it, it becomes a private they, message to them. Yeah, exactly. Because that person isn't, immediately apparent in the message <clears throat> because it's not like the first name in that Twitter reply thing they're not there but they are still fucking there they can still fucking see that it's still. on the internet I, you know yeah it's, like, it's there <laughs> I mean if you're that if you're if if you are that I have okay so this is one way where actually you could do that stuff without inflicting anything on anybody I have my own little secret group page on Facebook, where when I'm having like, I wish this person would die, I write in there. Can that's I where I? Can I be that's where I put it. Can I come? <laughs> <laughs> Let me in. There was uh, <laughs> like, there's about four four messages in there. To be honest, like, Do you know what though? Posts. But that is healthy. That is just healthy. Just do that. Yeah, it's an outlet. Write in a fucking it? book. Don't yeah. put it on the internet. Yeah. Like, write in your yeah. diary, and yeah. then in five years' time, when you look back at it, you'll go. 
What a fucking arsehole I was. Yeah, Why did I do that? 100%. This is the thing. It's like these people are putting it out there for it to be solidified in the internet for Fair years yeah. to come. Fair and I think much. also we live in an age where it's just considered cool to have an opinion about fucking anything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> This is it, yeah. And we, we've discussed people on um, on Gadia where they've been coming into a position, say, a, po- a political or, or something of significance, and then it will come up, this person wrote this on Twitter years ago. Should they have their job anymore or not? And these people obviously aren't thinking about their future. Yeah. Um, you know, the things that they've said and how that's going to look. Yeah, yeah. like there's, there's elements of that, like, you know, 10 years ago, I yeah. had a very different attitude. I, my attitude was uh, that... Um, men did drag and women if they wanted to dress up like that you were a showgirl what's the problem with being a showgirl that's not what they were doing Um, but that's you know that's part of growth isn't it yeah and the the problem is when people have that you know write that stuff and then 10 years later are still writing that stuff still saying the same stuff then you're like (laughs) okay look this is just a pattern of behavior babe it's time for you to leave um, yeah. 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 The yeah. one the one thing that I always try and <clears throat> like think about, um, is it gonna matter in five years? Is my thought about I don't know somebody I'm I'm not gonna say any Me. names because it'll give things away. <laughs> is my is my thinking about somebody gonna matter in five years <clears throat> time if I write it on the internet? Yeah. No, it's not gonna matter to me. It's not. But actually yeah. it will matter to that person. Yeah. Because they'll have seen that and it has an impact on them. So yeah. is it worth is it worth writing that down, tagging it's... them, letting them know what I think? Yeah, if, exactly. If that has any bearing on anything. It's no, just like it's a not. it's like a mental checklist to go through yeah. that we should really be, you know, just na- naturally going through anyway. Because yeah, it's what it's this... what it's what we do face to face. It's what we do when we're having conversations with people face to face. I just call them boundaries, right? Yeah. It, there, there might be another name for them, but it's basically, it's just what you th- what you know to be socially acceptable. It's like, it doesn't make it any different just because it's online. Now, while we're whizzing around, we're going to have a, uh, a quick round, a quick fire round right now. So I'm, I'm whizzing into you from space <laughs> with this. <laughs> Love this. Um, all right. So I've, I do this every week. We ask people what they want to know. And uh, I tagged you this week. So hopefully it was nice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So these are some of the questions that Twitter, the Twitterati want to know. So Gia wants to know what was the most important thing you took from the experience and also says, I love you and I'm extremely proud of you. Oh, hi, Gia. What a queen. Um, What did I take from the experience? Um, fuck it, go balls to the walls with your confidence next time because that's how people get ahead. That's it. She also wanted to know uh, what was the funniest moment that wasn't shown on camera? <laughs> um, um, it was definitely Ginny <laughs> Lemon related. Um, okay, when, when, we first, when we first started filming, um, I think it was on like day one or something, Ginny went missing for a bit and she was just behind, it. she was in one of the holding rooms behind uh, on a couch behind a rail filled with everyone's clothes she was just snoozing away like a little cat oh. <laughs> so everyone was like where the hell is G- where the hell is Ginny she was just having a gorgeous cat nap oh I love that I know good for her I love that oh, I wish we'd have known about that <laughs> um, Conan wants to know did you think having the 15 second head start was a double edged sword 
No, did you see how fucking gorgeous my outfit was? <laughs> Roman, Christ, no. Um, and I, I will say this, I gave a lot of my stuff away. Mm-hmm. I know they needed the storyline, but I gave a lot of my stuff away. I mean, I wouldn't have at that point. if I <laughs> uh, Or maybe that's just how I choose to remember it. Maybe I actually didn't give anything away. That's it, yeah. that's it. Um, Pasha would like to know, if you could have dinner with three characters from this season's Snatch Game icons, who would they be? Oh my God. Katie Price, um, Miriam Marg- Margulies, <laughs> yeah. and... Um, oh God, give me another one. Um... Oh, let's do Ellie Diamond's Matt Lucas. Can you imagine the sheer chaos oh of that? God. In fact, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't turn up. <laughs> Miriam Margulies talking to that, talking to that character. Chaos. Oh my God, but you're well talking to Matt Lucas. <laughs> 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 you're a lesbian. <laughs> It's like a dream dinner party, a nightmare yeah. dinner party. Yeah, that, yeah for real. <laughs> Katie Price would just be like, oh, what? Oh, what? Yeah. I caught my horse cheating on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul says, <clears throat> I think we all want to know what is your secret? Hashtag <gasps> Secret Sacred blood. <laughs> what is this? They I, suck my sheep. Oh my god. Oh my god, Lodi. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, people still ask me questions like, what's that blue circle on your face? And I'm like, I'll tell you is what I'd say if I knew. <laughs> so I'll let you know when I find out what my secret is. Uh... <laughs> Just like Alyssa, I don't think she knows what no, anything no, is. No, no, no idea. There is not on the same planet thing. as the rest of us. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so, uh, Twizzler Tits wants to know if you were able to pick a challenge yeah, to be the name. leader of, what would that have been? First of all, hi, mom. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> so, if you were Go able on. to pick a challenge to be the leader of, what would it have been? Oh, oh my! Do you know I I no disrespect to Tia because I think she I think she dished out um uh, the, the performance is brilliantly actually no scrap that it, she still did a good job but I'm gonna move on to the um, Good Morning Bitches instead um right here's the thing goths we love and respect them good for them they are really difficult to play and still try and make it like fun and engaging and entertaining. I had a really, clearly, I had a really difficult time trying to portray a fun goth on TV. Just a little word of wisdom to anybody. If you're picking roles for something this big on Drag Race, try and steer away from the goth. Unless, (laughs) unless I'd love to be proven wrong and shown that it it can be done in a magical way. Like for me, if it had been, if you'd gone like more... Oh my God, we're totally witchy. Yeah, we're totally witchy. Look at how witchy we are. Like, not really a goth. Yeah, it was, I remember it said in the script as well, um, there was a word that I was so hinged on. It was just like morbid or like downtrodden or something. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to go with it then. So it was like, 
oh god just ne- never yeah, again yeah that's hard never that's again hard. never again i mean i'd have just ignored the script at that point i should have yeah. wise words again <laughs> ignore that. the fucking flip the fucking like script i'm not doing it yeah <laughs> um Tits also asks <laughs> honestly they're going round like a catherine wheel it's terrible <laughs> um she asks if you could take three albums onto a desert island which albums would you take oh my god I love that question <laughs> Jagged Little Pill Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette yeah good choice <clears throat> I would take um, uh, I'm gonna have to take some of my blessed angel Laura Marling with me as well um, Probably her latest, because there's a banger for every... <laughs> it's so not a banger, it's such a sad album. Um, I'll take that one with me as well. And Joanna Newsom. I'm going to have to take oh Joanna Newsom with me. Joanna um, I'll take half one on me, because it's like three hours long. If you don't know who Joanna Newsom is, she's fucking bonkers. She's fucking bonkers. Look, I bought a t-shirt off AliExpress and look how washed out it's gone. But it's the Ease album, front cover. Yeah. Do you think that Joanna got any money from that? Of course she did. She received 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Just remember, no Drag Race Queen is on Redbubble. Don't buy it on Redbubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, never, (laughs) never, never fuck Redbubble. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so the next listener totally mad wants to know everybody wants yeah. to know who you want to have dinner with but this is slightly different this is who would you uh, if you could have three if you could have dinner with three people in the whole of history or entirety of history uh who would they be wow um okay i love like like raconteurs i love people who can just like sit there and take the mic and just chew the rag for like hours on end um I know she's a problematic fave, but Fran Leibowitz, I would love to sit there and maybe turn her ear on um, on some of her views on trans people as well. But some of her stories are like, so fun. She has a lovely whimsical way about the world, if she wasn't a turf. Um, who else? Do you know who I've always wanted to have a really good chat with? Lauren Hill. Yeah. I just think she's got some, um, I think she's got an interesting perspective on stuff um and also let's go with um peppermint let's throw a drag queen in there as well oh she's such a sweetheart i absolutely love her today such good vibes off our pets yeah she is and she genuinely is like i saw um i like been chatting with her and whatever and then i saw her in the airport on, so I was le- I was flying out of LA and she was flying on somewhere, oh. um, and uh, and she was like Tavira, <laughs> and you know she was just like right now girl you did the work you spent the money now make the money pay yeah yeah you know? oh so good she advice was, you, yeah yeah. yeah. She, she's a she's a real sweetheart really oh, really lovely queen. yeah I get that um, vibe now. <clears throat> our, our final question from Twitterati. Jace wants to know what can we expect from a typical sister sister show. A, a typical sister sister show um, would involve a lot of tongue in cheek humour, 
there's an under there's an underside to like more morbidity there i love playing with death and morbidness kind of like a sprinkling of joe black um there'll be some music there'll be some dance there'll probably be a lot of mariah carey um and a lot of kind of like folk stories and just i, I love telling stories love providing narrative um and yeah, it's kind of like, I remember David Attenborough saying to Bjork, you're the kind of person that you have to sit down and concentrate on one of your albums. And I was like, I want David Attenborough to say that about a sister sister show. Um, you know, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like showing as well, you can, you can still do drag and not be loud and garish and in your face and screaming and singing and dancing. That's boss drag. But so it's also like just take it take it down a little mm. a little bit engage with the audience in a way that's like sexy, um, just that kind of vibe, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Love it. So I can't wait to see what um, what's coming up next for Sister Sister. So what can you uh, what can you tell us about? What are you allowed to to give us a little sneak peek? I can confirm I'm working on my one woman show that I've literally just described. Um, I, it, it's one of those things, I can't wait to get on the road and actually start showcasing stuff post Drag Race. Cause I feel like I've come on leaps and bounds with, you know, my ideas and, um, and stuff ready for a tour as soon as the world stops being on fire. Um, I keep threatening to release a folk album as a joke, but now I've mentioned it that many times, people are like, where's your folk album, sis? Is it coming? I'm, I'm really into that. <laughs> I might I'm just really drop it. <laughs> I might just drop it. You know. If you if you want, you know, a little cameo from me, I'm totally into that. I'm totally into girl. the folk music vibe, girl. Of course I do. I love that. Let's do it. Let's do it. That sounds fun. I can imagine a nice little folky corner of Pride, you know, so people yeah, are nice and yeah, chill yeah, nice drinks. Amazing. Do you know what I mean? That would it be would good. It would do well. It really, really would. I think, and you know. on the folk stage for six and a half hours, <laughs> it's Sister Sister and Davina de Campbell. Ukulele starts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, you have to dash away. So, before I let you go, uh, where can people find you? What are all your socials? Y'all can find me on Twitter at, um, I've just changed my Insta handle. You can find me on Twitter at Sister Sister Hun. And you can find me on Instagram at Official Sister Sister. Please do. Come follow. Love it. Cannot wait. Thank you so much. You've been thrilled to watch and even better to talk to. Thanks so much. Thank sister. you so That's much, guys. Absolutely gorgeous. Thank you, darling. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. I won't hold back. Come snatch it, come take it. All yours right off the rack. No wanting, no waiting. You shake me down, you touch it, you taste it. Come take me here and now. Try it and buy it at the top of the stack. Bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now. Take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you got it, it's yours. 